This week has been a fucking shambles. And we're not even all the way through it yet. No. It's been a tragic week, Scott Morrison. Tragic is the word I would use. In the most gargantuan of ways, this has truly been a tragic week. We had so many plans going into this week. How many, Danny? Um, Four. Four. (laughs) Four plans. None of them... um, Second opinion, actually, but... (laughs) None of them were... Well, actually, technically they were. Technically we had five plans. Because, so you messaged me... Yeah. On Saturday... Saturday last, and you were like, isn't this great, Scott? We as friends have so much on this week. Let's let's go through them. <laughs> also, Michael Kelly's here. <laughs> I'm Michael Kelly. You're not involved in this week of plans, so if you could just, if you could just wait till you're introduced. Wait till you're introduced. Let's Scott go on. First of all, Michael Kelly's here, friend of the podcast, Michael Kelly. Welcome, Michael Kelly. <laughs> I'll edit it. I was told. I was told to be quiet. No, no, no. He he told you, you to be quiet. I wanted more. I told you to be quiet until you introduced, and then Scott introduced, and then yeah. I introduced you. Wow. I'm gonna edit in some maybe like applause there. <laughs> you're the, the yeah. You're the second recurring guest on the oh, podcast. Yeah. Mm. Technically third. We've talked about this. Yeah, if you can. We William. did talk to William on the phone. Ooh. He phoned in once. <laughs> you had a a guest caller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he really did. And it's our, only our second guest caller. And it was great. Yeah, I was the first. But it's my oh, show, so I don't think it counts. <laughs> so, leading into this week, we were going to see an unlimited screening of Ready Player One on yep. Monday. Then on... So, the, the original thought was, Wednesday we were going to see Jonathan Pye at the Pavilion. Thursday we were going to record Second Opinion. Friday we were going to go hang out with a friend of mine who's coming through from Belgium. And then on Monday, we were going to go see Flight of the Concords. So that's seven days of fun. Five plans overall. How many of those have come to fruition? Well, seeing your friend from Belgium still Still on the, on the cards. We'll see how tomorrow plays out. <laughs> so the Ready Player One one, that was fine. Uh, it turns out I double booked. You know, I'm only human. After I double all. booked. After all. <laughs> I just wanted to say after all. Had to cancel. But what are the odds that two shows that we booked to go see this week... We booked them about half a year ago. Yeah, it's been a we, while. Because we booked Jonathan Pye before Fly Out the Concords, and they were both, like, ages yeah. ago. What are the odds that both shows would be cancelled? For a very different reason. For very, for drastically different reasons. Aye, it's not like Glasgow has the plague and that's yeah. where it stopped. So we, so you thought, okay, we second opinion, we'll do that on the, the Thursday. But it turned out Jonathan Pye was actually on the Thursday. So then we fucked that. Yeah. But now we're recording on the Thursday because guess what? Jonathan Pye got cancelled because Glasgow's burning to the ground. <laughs> you can see the smoke from everywhere. Everywhere around the city. Soggy Hall Street's in flames. The Great Fire of London ain't got shit on what happened today. Madness. It was the snow all over again. Michael Kelly's here because he got sent home from work because they were worried that his work would just implode. (laughs) He just burst spontaneously into flames, unrelated to the fire that was already happening. (laughs) 
It's been quite a day. One of the places that almost caught fire, I don't think it has caught fire yet, almost caught fire, was of course the theatre. The theatre that we were supposed to see. It's not even see. like it was uh, down the street and they were like all a bit worried about smoke. No, no, no. The, the theatre we were supposed to go see Jonathan Pyre almost caught fire. Yeah. Uh, so for anyone listening who is not from Glasgow, basically today, uh, the 22nd of March, a fire <laughs> broke out. 2018. <laughs> 2018. The year of our Lord. <laughs> um, a fire broke out in Victoria nightclub? Victoria's? Yeah, Victoria's. Yeah. Never been? You shouldn't. Have you been? No, but it's okay. one of those like, scummy nightclubs. <laughs> yeah, it does look it, doesn't yeah. it? Any club that's sort of it in... It deserved to burn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any club that's sort of in... Like a Savoy Centre is probably not like, a good a good place to go hang out. Um, so yeah, fire broke out and very quickly spread to the flats up above and things like that. Um, the Victoria's nightclub right next to the Pavilion Theatre, which they were very concerned was about to burn down at any moment if they couldn't get the fire under control, which 80 firemen couldn't seem to manage. Which is insane. So it must have been quite a hefty fire. But we were in town today. Very By... smoky. It was smoky. <laughs> it was quite bizarre, like, walking towards it as well. I felt like I was walking into a danger zone. <laughs> like, everybody else is leaving and I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to town. It's like in Batman vs. Superman when Ben Affleck, like, charges into the smoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was me. <laughs> except I was just trying to get <laughs> to the gym. <laughs> and then I got to the gym because... <clears throat> everything around the gym supposedly was open hmm. the cinema was still open the coffee shops were all still open the Greg's was open <laughs> Greg's endures Greg's always endures but for some reason the gym decided we can't handle this <laughs> five streets away the world is in chaos we could take a day off so I walked all the way to the goddamn gym only to find it closed so I have not had my workout today <laughs> And instead, I ate pizza. And now I feel like a fat boy. <laughs> and it's all fire's fault. It's all fire's fault. Fuck fire. So that's... Yeah, so they thought the Pavilion Theatre was going to kind of burn down. That was like the last we'd heard from it. Was that that was their main objective. Was to not have the Pavilion Theatre burn down. Uh, objective accomplished, I think. Yeah. I feel like we'd have heard about it by now. Yeah. They put it out like four hours ago or something. Yeah. I guess uh, nobody's going to be going to Victoria's nightclub anymore. <laughs> or at least for a little while, until they get that bad boy renovated. Uh, luckily, no one was hurt, so it's all good. We can make jokes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you think? Some people have lost... No, it said on the news that it was all okay. good. Some people have lost their jobs. Uh, it's Victoria's nightclub. I'm sure you'll get new ones. Um, so that was that. Today's been a whirlwind of emotions. So we, we right now should have been watching Jonathan Pye. Instead, we're in a poorly lit room because my goddamn main light the light bulb burst of course it did because who doesn't need more things to deal with granted it's a small thing but it's still someone i'm gonna have to go out and find the light bulb i have to figure out which light bulb it needs it's a whole big thing it says <laughs> it, it says tesco in there i can see it but it's a very tesco high bulb. up a tesco bulb why why do we and nobody just seems to keep like it seems like a really logical spare thing light bulbs. to indicate spare yeah. light bulbs but whenever you see them in the shop you just bypass them you're like i don't need them my light bulbs are invincible. I'll never need a light bulb ever. And it's not until one bursts that you reluctantly go out and get one. I mean, and then sometimes you buy a twin pack, and for that one little mm. time, you've got you've got one spare light bulb. It's a it's a it's it's you know what it is. It's just I think it's that there's no warning. 
you never know when the light bulb's going to conk out. It's just a sudden, your world is thrown into chaos. Darkness. It's That's not what like you're a little warning you get. You've got 7% left on your light yeah, bulb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just like one minute, light. Next minute, no light. <laughs> you are plunged into darkness. You are plunged into darkness. <laughs> So I need to fucking deal with that shit. So instead of watching John and the Bye, we're sitting in a dark room. We're going to talk about a movie we watched. But before that, we'll finish the story. Because we also were supposed to see Flight of the, Con- Flight of the Concords on Monday. What happened to that, Danny? Um, somebody, I'm not naming names, somebody fell down some stairs. He fell down stairs? Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah. I never actually thought to like, act, like look into what he happened. He fell down stairs. Be- no, it was he, it was on his post. He said he uh, had a very rock and roll injury by which he fell down some stairs. <laughs> and mate, oh, mate, you, you all you, you have to do is be careful. Have you ever when you've got responsibilities? <laughs> well, you've got entertainments to happen. <laughs> you've sold out the hydro. You can't be just yeah. willy nilly downstairs. Where was the banister, Brett? Where was the <laughs> fucking banister? <laughs> so Brett McKenzie's broke his arm in two places. So they're not playing anymore. So that's been cancelled too. It's been postponed. Postponed. But it was a disruption to our week, which we were so excited for Flight of the Concords and Jonathan Pye. And now our week is absent of them both. So let's hope to God that nothing happens. And that Xander, if you're listening, you're probably not, makes it safe and sound to Glasgow. And that this time tomorrow... We're all having a jolly t- good time with the one plan that we actively <laughs> set out to do this week that will come true. You still saw Ready Player One. How was it? It was fun. I it was fun. Um, I don't... Fun? Yeah. Than just fun? I'm I... getting real sick of fun, Michael. What about you? <laughs> I'm very sick of fun. I want good... I feel like the best way, like the best category to put it in is like just decent teen fiction film yeah like if you're thinking on think on the level of like the maze runner hunger Games, stuff like that that's a weird thing to say about a steven spielberg film that compared to that i like the maze runner a lot really yeah the first one i think it's like i think it's kind of on par with the first hunger games a little bit which is saying i like the first hunger games (laughs) i like also so it's the other hunger games i don't like First Hunger Games is alright. It's kind of. I get starved for quality movies. <laughs> <laughs> the further into that franchise you get, you know what I'm saying, guys? <laughs> Why isn't this just the first one again? <laughs> yeah, if you think on that level, Ready Player One's fun. It's really like, yeah. I think it like, That's... but then if you read the book, it's not really much more than like teen fiction. There's not really, there's not any. Even the book doesn't really have much depth to it. It's, it is mm. like pop culture references and. There is fun to be had with some of these pop culture references. Sometimes they overload it a bit. Sometimes this is all like this is a reference to this, this is a reference to this. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. But like, some, there are some fight sequences that involve pop culture references, which are quite fun to watch. So I had fun with Ready Player One, and I like the fact it didn't take itself too seriously, because um, that could have really dragged the film out. Yeah, it looks quite serious from the trailers. It looks all brave. Mm, it does, doesn't it? It's quite a goofy film. Everything seems very shrouded and. Shadow smog. a lot of the time, yeah, and small. I think if you watch it, you'd realize. Are they in Glasgow <laughs> <laughs> on so March twenty second? <laughs> Let's keep it topical here in second opinion. Um, no, I feel like yeah, it's. I think you watch it; it's quite goofy, though. It's not, is it's it not like sort of Big Bang Theory esque in its references, where it is just kind this. of making the reference and yeah, in like a sort of 
Ha, yeah. we just mentioned a thing and you enjoy it because we've mentioned the thing and not because it's like... Look, it's the DeLorean. Insert. You love the DeLorean. Yeah. Some of it, yeah. But also, I feel like even just the, as I say, the, some of the fight sequences and some of the action sequences involving these are fun. Yeah. They're fun to see X and X together. Uh, it's fun to see Y and... Like, it's fun to see them involved in the action scene. Certainly sounds fun. That's yeah, <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like... It sounds like you're a lot of fun. Because <laughs> I feel like fun is the ceiling of compliments you can give Ready Player One, the book and the film. It's like they're they're quite... They're enjoyable. They're passive, but, like... Um, in, in like Enjoyable. Can't think of another word to say it. Like, mm. that, that's the ceiling. No, you're not going to get any debt from either of them. You're not... Um, even even the basic one of like analyzing video games and being addicted and addicted to pop culture, it doesn't go in any like any any depth. This isn't a David Foster Wallace not a novel. This yeah. is just um, teen fiction at the very mm. basic level. How is the direction in it? How do you feel about Steven Spielberg's <laughs> latest additions to his <laughs> oeuvre? <laughs> um, it can be it can feel chaotic at times, but. Um, it's the first like adventure type movie he's done. In a he's while. done a lot because yeah. he's kind of just steered towards these political. Yeah, like he's quite serious. Recently, and post. the post really bothered me in terms of the way it was kind of shot and edited. I think I spoke about it on. Have I spoken about? Did I speak about the post yes, on the podcast? Yes, because yeah. you spoke about the reveal of the, Tom uh, the reveal of Tom Hanks' character, yeah, or yeah. Un, or confusing, or uh, and it really annoyed me. And there was kind of a lot of moments like that in the film, and then I think. Yeah, I mean, Lincoln and Bridge of Spies, mm. he very much is going for these, like, Seriously. everything shrouded in shadow, and it's... What was his last action film? What was his last action film? I don't know. Was it was. Tintin? Or was it something after that? Was it Tintin? It might have been. But Tintin. then Tintin is a that was a while ago. animated movie as well, so that's, like, a different ballpark. Yeah. Mm. But then oh. half of Ready Player One's animated, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Like, it's CGI and stuff, I... Um, he must have made something after that. Something fun. Remember fun, Stephen? <laughs> well, apparently you do because Danny seems to think that this one's fucking fun turned up to the max. <laughs> How about you, um, Danny? Do you want to introduce the podcast and then we'll talk about a movie that's not fun? Oh, <laughs> spoilers. Hey, was it? Hey, maybe that's not a dig. All right, yeah, I guess. Let's find out. Oh. <laughs> what's up people of people to welcome to second opinion movie podcast i'm your host danny jones co-host scott morrison and hey. returning guest and friend of the podcast michael kelly what a title the last episode you were on was uh lost river yeah which um, is kind of similar to the, the movie we watched tonight yeah yeah would you say so yeah you know like a weird sort of really stylized sp- hipster it was Middle Lost of Nowhere River, like... story about weird people who don't have any personality. <laughs> I suppose Lost River. I'm trying to remember Lost River now. I'm trying to actually remember. See, I, I've, I haven't, haven't seen it or, seen it or listened to the episode because I haven't listened to the episode because I haven't seen the movie and I want to see the movie. Was it like an apocalypse? It wasn't apocalypse, but neither was this. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like almost like it a... It was like a secluded... Yeah, it's almost like they both feel like a pseudo-apocalypse. Yeah. Like, sort of, yeah. But they're just... In, and they're both about poverty and about, like, kind of... They're like weird allegories for poor Americana, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, yeah, there is a similarity that you're bringing to your episodes. Yeah. Oh, I picked this one as well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you picked this one at, like, the last second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Danny, do you want to try and give a rundown of the plot? 
What's the movie? We haven't even said the name of the movie. Oh, so shit, <laughs> shit. So we watched Bad ba- the Bad Batch, the Bad Batch, Batch. which is original. a Netflix original from. Do you remember her name? Uh, I don't remember her name. Oh no! Check that. Fungled it. Uh, she's got like an Iranian name. But what's she famous for before? While Scott checks the name. Oh, are we, are we rolling on this? Oh. Yeah, yeah, we're rolling. All oh, right. Um, she did. <laughs> I thought, fucking clutch. I thought this was like a. Oh, we'll cut this out. No, 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 no. Oh no, my, he clearly hasn't listened to the I podcast. Keep, I keep cutting I to the bare minimum. Like, uh, anything <laughs> I cannot like, cut. Yeah, I'm gonna edit this. <laughs> I, I, I would happily. I keep in oh, times where I leave the room and things like that. Like it? sometimes this will stay in it definitely. Sometimes well, the clap stays in. Okay. Sometimes the clap stays in because sometimes the clap. Is is important part of the joke to the joke? Yeah, <laughs> like I think the Notebook one episode episode and opens with a whole conversation about the clap. Sounds weird, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. St- definitely so, sounds weird. <laughs> What's this director famous for? She directed um, a girl walks home alone at night, which is an Iranian film about vampires. It's like a sort of black and white noir romance thing that was filmed in LA, but it's set in Iran. I think she's Iranian. The director. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Anna Anna Lily Amipur. Amipur. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> I assume you are. I'm gonna hope so. I've um, given it my best shot. <laughs> I think that was her first film. This is the first one she's done since that. I I really liked her first one. I thought it was really cool. It was really different than this one. Yeah, I have been really desperate to see her first movie for a long time, and I have it sitting on DVD next to my TV. It's been there <laughs> so, for about six months, <laughs> and I just have not got round to it. Um, at first when you brought it up I thought that was what you wanted to watch and I was going to be like ah. finally I'm going to get to watch it or like I'm going to have an excuse to watch it and then you were like oh no she has a new film I'm like, well I feel like <sighs> this one is this one has more going on in it and it probably has more to talk about than the hmm. first one because the first I, one I would say is just like a good film yeah like it's not an amazing film but it's just like straight up good whereas this one I think is definitely divisive I would say it has been a while since a film has had me gripped the way this one did and then lost yeah, me completely yeah. in the second half. Uh-huh. This is a long movie. <laughs> Two hours. Two hours. For what it is, it's very unnecessarily long. Because every scene goes on for like two or three minutes longer than it needs to. Mm-hmm. It just it just like the scene reaches what it's about and then it just keeps going. Should we talk really quickly about what it's about? And then we'll get into the minutiae. <laughs> right. Um, fucking hell. What, do, we, do we even remember the main character's name? Mm-mm. Arlen? Arlen? I think it's Arlen. It's like a, she's like a... Arlen? Bit of a hillbilly. That's a hillbilly name. Yeah. Uh, Yellow Shorts. Yellow Shorts is pushed <laughs> yeah. into a desert by police. I think it's like a prison. Complex. Yeah. Prison I, I kind of assumed it was sort of going for... Like an escape, escape from, from New York, York kind of thing, thing yeah. where they've just mm. sanctioned off yeah. a big part of the country and they're like, this is where we're going to put the criminals and you just do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's 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 what I've interpretation. Um, it's like a big desert prison complex. She gets shoved into it, uh, told to find comfort, I believe, and mm. uh, then she gets captured and... Both her limbs to air, sorry, uh, her arm and a leg sawn off and eaten by cannibals. While she managed to escape and find comfort, uh, she comes across a woman that was involved with her capture, shoots her, and uh, 
helps the kid that was left with her. Am I explaining this right? I'm trying to go through. Kind it in of, my head. yeah. Um, so she ends up with one of the kids for the cannibal. She takes back to comfort, and then she finds out that Jason Momoa is looking for that kid. It's, Who is the father? Yeah, he's the, the father. The father. Uh, so he's looking for and the head kid. of cannibal. Yeah, we've already seen him eat a woman. Yeah. Yes. She. He's, <laughs> he's quite... <laughs> what a fucking character introduction, incidentally. Like he's it's quite all downhill from there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it is him trying to find the kid and Yellow Shorts trying to figure out what she's trying to do. Yeah, she doesn't really see that's it. It's funny how the the first half of the film is kind of quite easily talked about or described, and then the second half it's just becomes so not even confusing. I was with it the whole time. I was just just in terms of plot, it's just not. Yeah, it's not going anywhere at all. But let's talk about the first half of the movie. Like the introduction is, I thought it was pretty stunning. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of um, (laughs) in a weird way. It reminded me a lot of There Will Be Blood. Yeah, because it's just like In the way that it's just a completely silent film for the first 20 minutes. But you're getting so much information about the characters and the environment that they're in. And um, I thought that was really fascinating. And what a fucking opening. Her time in Cannibal Town is... (laughs) Given that I didn't know what the film was about, and I'm sitting trying to enjoy my pizza while we're watching the first bit of this movie... Pepperoni pizza. That was a lot. The hacking off of the limbs really caught me off guard. Because I thought... I, I, I guess I should have thought cannibals. I didn't think it was... I thought they were... I don't know what it was like. I was just, it was more just like, what, what was happening? And then sawing off the leg and it was like... And you're like, oh, that's what's happening. Yeah, but then it was like... It shows you there's a bit where she, the woman who's cut off the leg goes to a frying pan. You're like, oh, they're going to eat her. But then they use the frying pan to cauterize, to cauterize the, the wound. wound. Like, yeah. Are they not going to eat her? But they were going to eat her. No, they definitely. <laughs> they eat her. Oh, yeah, they, they eat her. her. I mean, yeah. What else would they be doing? Building some sort of I don't know, meat dummy? Because <laughs> you see lots of people without limbs, and I was like, are they just maiming them so they can't escape? Or yeah. And they're going to use them for something? But nah, it's just creepy. It's quite a shocking opening, isn't it? It really it's grips you in the world. Very like, shocking. It really does. It's cause, especially because. I'll actually, um, it's funny at the beginning you said like uh, if that's the opening when you actually see the saw go through mm. her arm, it's uh, like brutal it's brutal. You like slow, that's the yeah. beginning. What are we in for? But most of the other violence they like cut away yeah. from. Yeah, it. they cut around they, a lot of it. They really like they really like she really wanted to hit hard with the first bit of yeah. violence where you like see a saw go through an arm and that's your main character fucked already. Yeah. Um, but like after that, they actually kind of keep it quite vague and quite. That, yeah, you keep, you keep expecting every fight to be brutal. Yeah. Like, no. There's especially, there's a scene that we all kind of braced yeah. <laughs> for where Jason Momoa's character throws a meat cleaver at another character. And yeah. I very much was like, oh, like as the meat cleaver's flying towards me, I'm like, this is going to be brutal. And then it kind of cuts around it all. Yeah, but it's weird. And then the guy falls to the ground and you see the meat cleaver in his back and you're like, okay, cool. But it shows you his head. Like it shows you the back of his head. It shows yeah, him throwing the cleaver, you know, like, and then it's in his back. And we're gonna like, put these two things together, and I know how that's gonna play out. And then yeah, it hits his back, and seems like an odd, like they couldn't filmmaking choice. Yeah. yeah, like do you think it's a budget restraint? Like it's not maybe. like too. Like I suppose if you want it, if you only had enough budget for one violent moment, you want it to be the first <laughs> one, like one like properly viscerally horrible violent moment. You want it to be the first one. And so that every other moment after that is suspenseful. Because it was. Every other violent moment after that was suspenseful because of how brutal the first yeah. instance was. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's a budget restraint that she's tried to strategically get around. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it was quite low budget because it was all just out in the desert. But then they did a really mm. good job of, like, 
showing her with no arm and no leg. I did think, was, like, for the most part, yeah, I was pretty, like, was convincing, I was yeah. more or less convinced. I think it was more indoors. I thought it was a little bit noticeable that there mm. was there was definitely some... Weird, you could like, see that there was, yeah, you could <laughs> yeah. see there was kind of some shimmering going on in there. But for most of the outdoor stuff, because a lot of it's filmed wide, it was, yeah, you, you didn't really notice yeah. it too much. Um, I thought this was going to be like a revenge story. And I thought it like, because it kind of sets it up that way at the beginning where, you know, she escapes from the camp. It flashes, was it two years later or something like that? Or five months? <laughs> five months yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. quite as long. <laughs> five months later, she's got her robot leg. She's fucking been practicing shooting birds with a gun. And then she immediately heads back out to Cannibal Town. And I was like, okay, this is going to be like a straight up revenge it, film. It reminded me of that Tarantino film at first. Because it was like, it felt like a sort of B-movie exploitation type thing. Which turns like the the what was it was death it, proof was, yeah death proof or was that rodriguez no death proof was tarantino death planet proof. terror was rodriguez. Terror. Yeah. yeah it was just that kind of thing where it was like it's kind of ridiculous but she's like got grind yeah got, yeah well yeah but then it wasn't like that. oh right Pl- planet terror is the one where she has a gun for a leg like, yeah that's yeah. robert rodriguez right. um and then she rescues well she doesn't rescue the kid she kills jason momoa's wife who is head of cannibal town and then takes his child. Yeah. And I thought, okay, now it's going to turn into some kind of sort of poignant little film where she raises the child of the person who cut yeah. off her limbs. And then... This is also where Jim Carrey comes into the film. <laughs> Fuck it! Yeah! Holy crap! Like, that... I just thought he was done. What, like, I, as I, a career? I, I watched that documentary, same as everyone else. And he's sitting up there talking about how his next movie he's going to play Jesus and... Well, this movie, this was made in, what, 2016? So I guess this was before that? I guess so, yeah. yeah. So maybe he's still... Maybe it was the transition period of him becoming this guy. But I think he's voluntarily done this, what I was getting at. I don't think he is yeah, being forced out yeah. or anything. But, um... <clears throat> he... His performance is entirely... There's, he's no dialogue. No. I think for, for a character with no dialogue you want to get someone who's very good at physical expression. acting yeah expression yeah. and jim carrey like for the few scenes he's in does it pretty well um it's a scene where jason momoa is trying to question jim carrey's character and jim carrey wants something in return and it turns out what he wants is for jason momoa to draw him and the way jim carrey like goes like the way yeah, he goes about that and proposes yeah like poses and things like yeah. that I, I thought was i was like yeah he really Oh, yeah, because Jason Momoa is, like, a really talented artist as well as being this yeah, that's right, character yeah. in it. Um, but what... A, I just... Yeah, it's so it's weird, weird seeing him on, on it's screen It's weird, because, like, um, there's a... He's almost gotten... He's now got to the point of his career where he's got the Bill Murray status. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in the last season of Parks and Recreation, there's obviously that thing where uh, the corpse of the mayor has to be in yeah. the park. And Bill, the, the joke, the whole joke is it's Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't know who Bill Murray is... Um, first of all, you're insane how you manage to... <laughs> but then there is, life. yeah, well, and then there is no joke. But, like, yeah. Then there's no joke. The joke is it's Bill Murray. But like Jim, when Jim Carrey's um, character first comes up, you don't see his face. So they deliberately hide his mm-hmm. identity. It's not like uh, his character is important enough to warrant any reveal. Like, if you don't know who Jim Carrey is, again, how you got through your life without seeing any Jim Carrey films, but like, you don't under- you wouldn't understand why they've spent so much effort 
hiding his face, mm. and then it has a big reveal. So it's and because he's not credited, it's, as his well, name's not in the credits, which is the fascinating. Yeah. Jim Carrey seems to have got to that status where his presence is the joke of like is almost the punchline of that moment. Yeah. Like it's really really bizarre. Yeah, because even like Giovanni Ribisi is one of the like four people who's credited at the start. And he has two scenes and mm. adds nothing to the plot. No, the absolutely nothing. That could have been anyone. Yeah, he literally does nothing that he does is significant mm. in the film. No, I think Jim Carrey has more time than Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah I would Keanu say so. Reeves is in it as well. Although Keanu Reeves comes in at the end, and they really try to give him the a screen lot, time yeah. that he's missed out on. Yeah, mm. boy, howdy, that scene goes mm. on for a while. But um, speaking of, sorry, what were you no, I was that was just concluding. It's just really bizarre that, like, it almost it's almost weird that it's incorporated into this film. It's like, almost what, like yeah. uh, the 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 real world culture is seeping into the movie. Yeah, like or like to do with the what is like what is the status of Jim Carrey almost got to do with this film, but they've still gone with it. They've still gone with this hiding Jim Carrey, and then oh my god, is that Jim Carrey? You can barely recognize him because yeah. he's under so much like what fake tan and uh, as prosthetics and stuff like that it's yeah yeah because they're not using it as like a marketing thing it's not like no yeah a low budget indie film but it's got a big star did you it. say he was in the credit in the trailer i think he was in the trailer because when when we picked it i was sure that he was in it yeah you sold it as that and because i kind of joked for the first few minutes i was like jim carrey's not in this you're gonna have hell to pay <laughs> <laughs> but he was but the I grinch knew, was yeah, in it i knew yeah. that he was in it i guess somehow so i assume it was from the trailer yeah um Going through kind of some of the other characters, Jason Momoa, what a fucking introduction that was. Mm. He gets the best, like, that's like the coolest thing in the film, in a way. Like, that moment? Yeah. Because um, it's just terrifying. Like, you see him, like, painting his daughter, and it's like, oh, he's a nice yeah. he's a nice guy in all this chaos. And then he's not. And then he goes outside and snaps the neck of, obviously, someone who's been in the same position as the main character. Because you can see she only she's had one of her arms cut off, mm. just begging for her life. And he has his he-, he has his fucking headphones to, on like, to like drown out I guess her screaming and then he just snaps her neck and it's so quick and I was like they are setting this dude up to be <laughs> the <laughs> ultimate badass and then again mm-hmm. I feel like this is what I mean is how good this film got me hooked and then how fucking hard it lost me because. That never pays off. Yeah, the setup is all great. Yeah, the setup is stunning. First, I would say, I wouldn't even go so far as to say hour. First 40 minutes of this film, I was like, how the fuck has this escaped me? To where, like, I haven't even seen a trailer, because this is stunning. Like, the aesthetic of it, and the way she's introducing the characters, and the way she's doing all this with virtually no dialogue. Yeah. To then have it just fucking bomb so hard in the, in the, the second half. Because something that I was thinking was the best parts had no dialogue and then anytime anyone spoke it was like Ugh. So I was gonna bring this up. The the main character. Yeah. How do we feel about she was her acting? <laughs> she wasn't speaking wasn't her strong point. It certainly was not. <laughs> and I don't know, do you think it was point. just putting on the silly accent? I don't like maybe the I think maybe the problem is is that I don't think anyone has good dialogue in this. Mm. Keanu Reeves' character was there just a monologue. I think every yeah. single thing he said and was it's a monologue. Not, it had that kind of monologue. So Keanu Reeves has a monologue in the second half of the movie where he applies his role in everything to the person who gets you know the toilet getting rid of shit. Yeah. Where it's like I make the, the the stuff you don't want go away or something like that. And, it's this very like 
kind of monologue I feel you get in a really childish, like eighteen rated movie. Yeah. It's like we're gonna we're gonna apply you know this life metaphor to something like shit. Yeah. Because life's dirty, isn't it, guys? And, and I'm like, and it just went on for so long, and then right when you think he's done. Then he whaps out a tomato. <laughs> he's like, what's he's got this? tomato metaphor on the It's just go. like, it's a tomato. And he's like, now here's a metaphor about oh, tomatoes. Yeah, he you're like, metaphors. fuck me, I want this scene to be over <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is not a good actor. No. By it's, any stretch. Yeah, no. It's fascinating that he's got this far. But he's not, he's always, he shines in those roles where he's not like, like in John Wick, where he's just kind of emotional. Well, yeah, this in is the Matrix. A little yeah, bit. that was what I was going to say. It's like John Wick; he's perfectly cast in that. Yeah. And the same with the first Matrix movie. Yeah, um, I think any anything else, I'm like, how have you? Yeah, because in this, he's made like it this a far. Weird. He looks like Pablo Escobar. Like, yeah, yeah, because he's yeah. wearing like the kind of white jeans, white shirt. He's got the crazy long hair, but then the the thick mustache, mustache and looking very, very Pablo Escobar. And he's got this, like, harem of pregnant women. Mm. It was all, yeah. Mm. It was like, but then, it, how much, how many spoilers do you, do we go into? Oh, we can just, you can talk about whatever okay. you want. So by this point, Jason Momoa is kind of the good guy now, mm. somehow. And so it's kind of setting up Keanu Reeves to be, like, the bad guy. But then they don't follow up on that either. Because mm. that doesn't go anywhere. Nothing, because yeah. nothing, nothing goes anywhere. They set up Jason Momoa's character to be this fucking badass. Mm -hmm. And then he meets the main character in the desert. And you think, oh, shit's going to kick off. Well, she's on an acid trip. Yeah, which is, is that, that's a, (laughs) that felt like a piss poor way to get her out into the desert and united with him. I think if she had been kind of coming back, like, why not just make it, she, you know, she, she kills the woman, saves the kid takes the kid back to get the kid to safety and then is like right i'm going back to cannibal town to fucking carry out the rest of my revenge and then jason momoa could have got her and been like we could have met halfway or something like that Mm -hmm. but instead it's this weird unrelated like she goes on an acid trip and while she's on the trip she also loses the girl and keanu reeves like picks her up yeah but then she just wanders out of the city or the yeah, comfort, like the safe zone. Mm. For so far away that it takes them like a day and a half to get back. Yeah, and it's so bizarre. It's like, how far did she walk? Like, I get that she's off or not, but <laughs> you know, we all do crazy things when we're off or not. But like, no, we're on acid. <laughs> how? F- that's so far. Because they, at one point, get a, like a motorcycle, basically. Yeah, and it's, still... and it's still like another day before they make it back to comfort. This is a woman with a prosthetic leg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they set up Jason Momoa as this kind of fucking hard ass who's like... And it's Jason Momoa. Like, he's huge. Yeah. But then... I guess it's nice he turns out to be this kind of caring dude and then... But she's fallen in love with him. Just for no... Just for the... Literally for the fact that he's good looking. (laughs) Yeah. And nothing else. Like, there's nothing else to his character. The day before, she shoots his wife in the face. Yeah. Because she's a cannibal. But this guy's hot. So, like... That's it. It yeah, doesn't matter. He's a cannibal. Yeah. But then that doesn't pay off. Well, I guess, but guess she ends up with them, doesn't she? The ending, I, I just straight up don't understand the ending. Because how weird was it? So at the ending, she reunites Jason Momoa with the child. They're about to walk away, and she goes, "Hey, wait!" 
So what are you doing? You want to hang out or something? Yeah. Like, I'm like, right where right are we? This isn't like, yeah, this isn't fucking like happy thank you more please or like some other fucking <laughs> shit indie movie. Like what happy is this? Happy thank you more please. Yeah. That was a great reference. It was the most like shitty indie movie that I could like with crap dialogue. But it also think, has right? a great title. It's a fun title to say. It is happy a fun thank title. You more, happy please. thank you more please. Um... Remember last week when we talked about How I Met Your Mother for ages? That would have been a good time to bring up that movie, but never mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so I, like, I don't know, maybe it's trying to intentionally toy with your expectations, but when you set up such like a cool, like, world? this cool kind of world, yeah. mostly through visuals, where you're expecting this dynamic from all the characters, to then change that just seemed really pointless to me and it was like not in a good way at all no it just didn't go anywhere like it started off like i thought it felt like a kind of modern mad max mm. you described it as a hipster mad hipster max, max. So, like, yeah yeah and then it just went it just it just didn't explore any of that and like the first time you see comfort which is the safe town mm. it was really cool it was like mm. this street mm. there's like food stalls and stuff and giovanni rubisi's like the crazy the village idiot yeah. or crazy guy and he's muttering something which seems important which is never referenced again yeah <laughs> It just was all really interesting, and then they just it just kind of forgot, and they spent most of it just in the desert doing nothing. How go? So you you haven't seen a girl walks alone at night no. either, have you, Danny? No. What what is kind of the aesthetic of that movie, and what? It's cool. It's like it's black. It's like really black and white in a like really contrasty. Like the whole film, I think, takes place at night, mm-hmm. and it's sort of filmed in these like sparse alleyways because it's set in Iran, mm-hmm. but they filmed it in L.A. And it, like oh. I didn't know that until afterwards. I was convinced. You think was... it'd be cheaper to just film <laughs> in Iran? It doesn't seem well, cheap to film anything in LA. I don't think that she would have got permission to do it because of politics. Yeah. Things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, things we won't try and go into. We're not. We won't even to try to pretend we understand. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. It's like I. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it, but when I watched it, I was like, I get it. I understand what she like, what she was doing could understand the characters and it felt like it made sense and it's not like this it doesn't kind of change no shift sort of uh i mean it has a kind of like indie vampire romance thing to it as well like it's a bit like quirky is it like but it's cohesive okay so compared to this film yeah it's i was it's better like Mm. it's a it's a movie (laughs) (laughs) well this is certainly a movie (laughs) you can say that for sure it's a shame because I, I, I even felt really, I felt so just like deflated when I realized I wasn't enjoying yeah, it anymore. I was like, fuck man, I was so into this. Like it was so practically done and the aesthetic was really cool and the way they'd set everything up and the music and stuff was cool. Yeah. 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 They, she, she really enjoyed, um, she really enjoyed what's I can't remember what the word is, but the word for kind of when you play sort of very upbeat music over like very horrific. Yeah, yeah, the juxtaposition. She was loving that, wasn't yeah. she? Because there's a good kind of two three scenes in the opening that involve like quite heavy juxtaposition, mostly people getting arms hacked <laughs> off and things like that to very upbeat eighties music. Uh, like I said, when Jason Momoa comes out and snaps the 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 girl's neck, he's listening to uh, Color Chameleon. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and then yeah, the second half just really lost a, a lot of that, and 
because there's a bit where there's a sort of turning point I guess where she realizes that she wants to go back to Jason Momoa mm-hmm. and this really like sappy I think it's 80s music's not my area no. I think it's like an 80s like romance song starts playing and it's just her kind of sitting looking like forlorn in her room and then like looking out at the desert and that's just like that just doesn't work yeah it's just not, not yeah. cool it's like old fashioned cheesy mm-hmm. and it's just that's the kind of the point where the movie is just like goes off the rails it really was just the whole romance they tried to build with her obsession with Jason Momoa and because it comes from nowhere yeah what well, like, really does for both sides like Keanu Reeves and Jason Momoa what does Jason Momoa do to win her over and what does Keanu Reeves do to put her off mm-hmm. like I don't like even, both of them just he talks about shit for a really fucking long time <laughs> he has a shit monologue I, yeah. but like and he has a shit monologue <laughs> and Jason Momoa saves her life although I, I thought maybe that was it I was like oh she saved her life maybe that means he cares uh, but then I was like no he's using he her to her. get to comfort to find her daughter so no it's yeah. he's just using her like yeah I don't know why I mean I was on Jason Momoa's side but I think that's just because Jason Momoa he, he I for the most part liked him yeah, I mean, he's. I feel like he was another actor. He was another kind of actor in it, though, where I was like, I wish this was still silent. Yeah. Like, I wish Every everyone was just. He's like, what is that? He's doing. He's from. Cuba. For the first little while, we were we d- yeah. did discuss what <laughs> accent what he was trying to do, and I was like, we we're like, oh, it's. Me- I think it's Mexican, and then I think at one point he says. He says from Cuban. Cuba. Yeah, yeah I was about to say. Cuba. Yeah, well, he said, but then but I think there's. Says, I think before that, he he says like he just uses a word. He uses oh, like a Mexican word, and we're like, words. He's that. He's Mexican. I didn't understand him most of the time. I must admit. There's a lot. He's very mumbly. Yeah, there? I was like, I don't know. I thought everybody was very mumbly. Oh, got him. <laughs> got Jason Momoa. You got <laughs> Aquaman. Oh, no, he's going to have to cry back to his Aquaman money. <laughs> oh, no. He's going to have to cry back to that. Yeah, we found... You've discovered... The Wait, just, he just has the tattoo. Tattoo from Aquaman, I guess, is just his tattoo. Just his tattoo. And not... Not part of Aquaman. An Aquaman also, tattoo? Scales. Maybe he got it for the movie. Maybe. That it's makes quite a commitment to Aquaman. I know. Well, I mean, if he's going to play him for 17 movies, like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel, I feel like if you were reading the and... of uh, Justice League and you watch Batman versus Superman, you'd be a bit sceptical to get the tattoo for it. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot. This isn't going to last long. To Zack Snyder's vision. Yeah. Uh, oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry, everyone. Yawning. I think the movie was meant to be, like I said earlier, like an allegory for America right now, where it's like mm. poor people... Are just kind of left to, to their deal own with devices. all this shit because like yeah. he's an immigrant. He tells the story about how he gets from Cuba on a boat to Miami, mm-hmm. like works his way up and then ends up in jail, I guess. And it's just everyone like she's kind of white trash, I suppose. They're just like the poor kind of scum. Yeah. And then Keanu Reeves is just the bad guy because he's the rich one uh, in this area. He justifies mm-hmm. it by like his the shit model. Yeah, the facilities. He's like yeah. makes it. And it's like yeah, I give you comfort. So you let what me do get you away with all this. Yeah. Of the symbolism in this movie. It was, it was pretty obvious. Wasn't it? <laughs> right. like, There's a lot of it on the nose. Like, yeah. dream being an acid trip. Yeah. Uh, comfort being undermined by Keanu Reeves. Uh, a guy literally built up by, uh, dressed up as the Statue of Liberty, saying, find the dream. Yeah, that, yeah. that was the most on the nose <laughs> a one. A puzzle. Yeah. America. Puzzle. But it was incomplete. Yeah. Um, there was quite a lot of stuff that was like... And upside down. Uh, come on guys mm. just can we 
turn the subtlety down just a little just, uh, just Jim just Carrey a little was like bit. the homelessness as well because he was yeah. the trolley which is like a sort of iconic homeless thing yeah. but he was helping people yeah. so you shouldn't he, underestimate he the homeless yeah. don't, don't Jason Moore gives him a little speech doesn't he he gives him a little goodbye speech about how mm. great he's been yeah where he's where I guess he's like looking for guidance from the homeless guy yeah because yeah, Jim Carrey just shows up at opportune moments to just help everyone throughout. Yeah, doesn't he? he's almost like a like a deity or something. Yeah. He's like a, <laughs> I was like godlike like figure. God? Yeah, Is but no, I think you're right. I think she's trying to. At one point, I thought Odin because he was surrounded by blackbirds. Oh yeah, Odin surrounded by blackbirds. And one point, Odin he has a beard. catches a bird and eats it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Odin wouldn't have done that. <laughs> you're like, okay, it's definitely not Odin. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Jesus, because he did want to play Jesus. Yeah, she was definitely trying to make a point. Yeah. But I feel like, obviously, you know, it's not, not not to just be like, don't watch this one, watch this one. But if you want to watch a movie about homelessness in America or, like, poverty in America, you should watch The Florida, Florida Project, Project instead, because yeah, 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 yeah. it handles it so much better. Obviously, it's handling it in much different ways. Yeah. But The Florida Project tried to take a more realistic look at it, and The Bad Batch is trying to give you the edgy yeah, sci-fi like yeah, yeah kind of or not sci-fi but you know it very much feels like it's making itself up to be a cult film I yeah like the way the protagonist is dressed which is almost like it's you can almost see the shorts trying to become like an icon because they've got mm. like a, what, a winking smiley face yeah, on the back of them yellow. Uh, uh, yeah bright that... yellow white tank top because the prosthetic leg. you can see that becoming like almost something that was designed to be cosplayed cosplayed in the same way that I was drawn to House because of the poster of the red cat. Like, the only thing I knew about this film, but I knew I wanted to see it, was just from the poster of the yellow shorts with the smiley face uh, with the gun next to it. And I was like, that's a cool fucking poster. I want to see that. Yeah. um, And it is. And for the, again, for that, for that opening, I was thinking just that. I was like, this feels like the kind of film that sort of five, ten years from now, we're going to be going to watch Mm. in like, the fucking basement it's, of a bar yeah. that's screening it for the night. It feels like and it, then just uh, again, as it went on, it's like all those, all those that admiration, all that admiration for it. Yeah, just fucking evaporated like so quickly, like in the hot desert sun of the movie. <laughs> now that's a metaphor, folks. <laughs> that's your metaphor. <laughs> It feels like a film that was made to be discovered by someone who has a very similar aesthetic taste to it and it to be their underground favourite yeah. film. Like, it very much feels like it was made to be a cult film. Yeah. Yeah. Which is never that's never how you make a cult Yeah, film. that's literally not how you make a cult film. Yeah. But it's just like, not entertaining enough or kind of poignant enough or just anything yeah. to be... The first half an hour is like a cult film mm. and then it's just a shit film. Well, maybe not shit, Where would you like... cut it off? Above the knee. Like, above... <laughs> good. Good. Another metaphor. <laughs> what? What do you mean? Like, well, like, is there a more... Like, is there kind of an exact point in the film where you feel like you'd be... I think like, after... I'd stop here. Do you think maybe after she kills the mum? kills the mum. Or after she gets back to... Maybe just when the acid trip happens. Stop it there. It, yeah, that's when it went south. Yeah. The second she meets Jason Momoa... It, yeah, it Face to face, that's where it drops. Yeah. Big time. I think I'm not. I think the moment as well was when we paused it for a little bathroom break. I thought we were super close to the end. And I thought like we were like. Minutes. I thought we were like ten minutes away, and it, it still had forty-one minutes to be exact. And I was like, 
you got to be shitting me. It was already eight o'clock by that point. I'm like, are you fucking serious? This has still got so much to go. Like, what's left to happen? Nothing, as it turns, turns out. Turns out, no- yeah, yeah. I got to that point where, uh, you know, Keanu Reeves finished his big speech, and I'm like, well, at least that killed five minutes, I guess. Like, we're close to the end now. I feel like um, if it had gone to the other directions we talked about, if you'd done, like, the revenge film where she goes back, you'd have had a fun cult grindhouse film mm. if they'd gone maybe she has to look after the daughter more you'd have had a more um like subtle bonding film yeah. which would have been really nice yeah. but instead it goes for a weirder direction and it just doesn't seem to pay off it mm. almost goes for a romance film which because yeah. mm. it builds her up it builds her up to be like one of those characters like ripley and alien or something where she's yeah. gonna become like strong enough to fend- defend herself and fend for herself and then it's just like, oh, I want to be with Jason Momoa and be a little family that just doesn't make any sense. And in the end, it's like, the last shot is them all sitting around a fire eating the rabbit, rabbit that was like the little girl's pet rabbit. Yeah. And Arlen like, looks over at Jason Momoa and smiles and it's like, what? What is happening? What have we achieved here? <laughs> yeah. I actually thought Jason Momoa, because obviously the kid comes back to Jason Momoa and is like, I want spaghetti. Because Keanu Reeves fed me spaghetti, yeah. which is the Keanu Reeves, which is the, the the name of some child in Hollywood's autobiography in a few years. <laughs> Keanu Reeves fed me spaghetti, <laughs> but um, and then Jason Momoa seems a bit like, oh fuck, well I can't. Where the fuck am I going to get spaghetti? And then he starts walking away, and I was like, oh, sh- is he? And he pushes her. He pushes the kid back to. He takes the rabbit and he pushes her away. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh, is he? And then. But no, he kills the rabbit and they eat it. And I was like, what? That's and the then the movie, the movie, that's the last shot. And I was like, what the fuck did we just get from that? Like, <laughs> Is that the big grand metaphor of all of it? Eat the rabbit? Was it meant to be maybe that he's not a cannibal anymore? Yeah, I did wonder that at the time, whether it was supposed mm. to be like um, he was moving on from eating people. Because Jim Carrey Dream let him pets. eat some... What did Jim Carrey feed him? A crow. Oh. But do you think that's the reason? Do you think Jason Momoa is not eating? Is only eating people because he's never tried animals <laughs> yeah, in all his life? That's why he's fucking I mean, he's so buff. He's just getting like mental amounts of protein. Like. He's just like, oh, black bird, disgusting. Mm, give me a little bit more arm. <laughs> that is, but is becoming that is becoming like the the common setting for a lot of films now, isn't it? The the sort of desert apocalypse wasteland, but it's not quite yeah. the apocalypse uh-huh. where like. Because it reminded me a lot of a way better film. It reminded me a lot Logan. of The Rover. The Rover, but it's also like Logan, where it's like... A bit like, oh, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah The Rover's a good... Yeah. I love The Rover. The Rover is cool. Um, I wasn't crazy about it the first time I saw it, but I've seen it a couple of times since then, and I've really grown to like be very much in love with that movie. And it reminded me a lot of that, but The Rover handles itself <laughs> a lot better. The Rover has a but that's obviously, that's just a film about fucking just pure rage um just brutality and kind of yeah and brutality and just having not absolutely nothing left to lose and God, i really love that movie why don't we watch the rover instead <laughs> but remember but that that seems to be like a common kind of setting for films now i guess because that's how everybody feels about the world and where it's heading yeah is that like, we're all heading for this grimy dirty yeah. brutal but, it's like a soft apocalypse where yeah. you still have everything but you mm-hmm. don't have because no, I kept thinking about that when yeah in that film you know they're fucking rolling around with this crazy DJ booth 
that is in the shape of a beatbox. Giant boombox. Of a, of a boombox. And, and I'm like... The DJ in that, I'm pretty sure, is like the lead... The, the captain guy from uh, Rogue One, the Star Wars movie. Like, yeah? Yeah. I'm That'd sure be crazy if it was. We should Google like that. under a hat. And you mm. just never see him. But yeah, it is this weird... I guess it is like America right now is going through a lot of craziness mm-hmm. and they're, it's kind of coming through in their movies. It's the end of times, man. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's definitely... Some are better than others. Some are much better than others. Watch The Rover. If you take anything from this episode, anyone who's listening, watch The Rover instead. Robert Pattinson puts in a fucking belter of a performance in that movie. Robert Pattinson's pretty good, isn't he? Good he times. is good. He's really... Good they both... Him and Kristen Stewart... She's good. They have me. tried real hard to distance themselves from those Twilight movies, and I think they've done a pretty good job. Kristen <laughs> Stewart and Personal Shopper was great. guys. And yeah, she was yeah I'm proud of those guys. He's um, really good in Good Time. Good Time. That was a good What time. a good... <laughs> Oh, he took his win. He took his win. Oh, fucking day! <laughs> right from under my wings, he snatched it away. Um, no more guest appearances from Michael. Oh, Michael, he knows too much. <laughs> he says too much and steals my thoughts. But <laughs> jokes I was going to make about Robert Pattinson movies, where he's a homeless boy. <laughs> to top it off, he's not even Jonathan Bay. Why'd you have to bring it back to that? I was having fun right now, Danny. I'd forgotten all our woes, our first world problems. Oh, my fucking stand up show got cancelled. Me. <laughs> we've to entertain ourselves. At least we've seen the bad batch now, haven't we? God knows we wouldn't have seen that without fucking having Jonathan Pye cancelled. Should so. we tweet that in? You're the reason we've, You're seen, the the reason we've seen the bad patch. The bad patch? Bad, bad batch. batch. Maybe this would just be a bad patch. I'm still very excited to see... Good one. That was good. Eh? Scott (laughs) drove right over it. What was the joke? (laughs) Wait, can we rewind? I'm putting putting my pen in the cassette tape and I'm twisting it very gently. What was the joke? I said, maybe this would just be a bad patch in her career. And then she'll go back to making good, good things. Good. I think it's cool that Netflix clearly just fucking chucked some money at her because they were like, "You made a good movie." Well, I don't know. It, it says it's a Netflix original, but I think it might be. Yeah, it might have just been. Up mm. I feel like that's what they, I've heard. That's what Netflix do a lot. They they put in the last like yeah, bit of money to, yeah. to help it out. Because I think it was Annapurna that funded it. Mm-hmm. They're like they make lots of indie movies, don't they? Well, I've noticed there's a there's a, like a few yeah there's a few British TV shows that get put on as that they've sold as a Netflix original. I yeah. know, like I remember first seeing Derek, like Ricky Gervais's show. That's right, they do sell that as a Netflix. Yeah, show, and I was like, this isn't a Netflix show. Absolutely, uh, this was Channel Four or whatever mm. it was at the time, but it was bizarre. Like I feel like that's what they do with some of the stuff. It's just credit for all. <laughs> it's joined another slew of Netflix movies I've watched recently, which aren't very good yeah and i really want to champion netflix for you know having the 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 cojones to just give money to take risks take risks yeah they do take risks i feel like a lot of their risks are not paying off super well i mean the last movie we watched together was annihilation Annihilation, which is stunning which is is very much the exception to the rule we're going to do an episode on that very soon but things like mute Cloverfield Cloverfield Paradox 
shit. Like, let's face it, <laughs> yeah. the the dust has settled. It's shit. Yeah. Like, it was we were all happy to accept that Cloverfield was just going to be this anthology series, but for some reason they were like, no, we have to connect them. I don't get it. Everything needs to be a universe now. The Cloverfield fucking shared universe bullshit. But like, yeah, I, I, I maybe I don't want them to clamp down. Think Maybe it, just what Netflix on or you know the people who are creating the movies yeah. for them. I'm not saying stifle their creativity in any way. Maybe just have more people on board to be like, "Hey, Duncan Jones. <laughs> hey, buddy. How you, you okay, doing? man? <laughs> we love Moon. Uh, hey, this movie that you've wanted to make for like 20 years. It's not very good, Maybe just it? it's not great, is it? <laughs> Maybe just change this. Maybe streamline this a bit. Maybe. Maybe, maybe have a plot. Maybe when the character gets shouted at by another character for being a pedophile, maybe don't have the next scene be them celebrating something at a party. Just a thought, Duncan. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the end of Duncan Jones. No, I don't think it's the end. No, because that's two bad that. films. Two bad, yeah, Warcraft. But you said two good films. Nah, he said one good. All oh, right, listen, source code is fucking great. Oh, okay, so, so, but like, they're quite. Oh, what, Danny? Whose side are you on? You're either on my side or Michael's side. I, I, I love Moon and I love Source Code. Boom! But fuck you, Michael. Do you love Moon and do you love Source Code or do you like Source Code? I well, it's been. I tell you what, it's been a lot. Like Scott. It's been a long time since I've seen Source Code. I do like Scott. I like Source Code more than I like you right now, Michael. <laughs> I like Mute more than I like you. <laughs> Shots fired. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen Source Code. I'm yeah, not sure how... I have it on Blu-ray. We should go back to it We day. should go back to we it. We should go back to Source Code. Yeah. Uh, we could, we would get Michael Kelly on, but no. <laughs> let's Not get anymore. my the next no, episode you're, you're on let's you're do source code I'll like I'll say why you shouldn't um, no, I'm into that no but my original point was moving but then I shouldn't you shouldn't want me to not love it no, you should want me to like, appreciate yeah, it for why I appreciate it maybe I haven't seen it in a long time maybe yeah. I'll watch it again and be like oh, I, think it's, I don't think it's bad I just think it's very like mediocre it's just meh yeah it's just like yeah. so what but my original point was moon and source code quite a while ago mm-hmm. and warcraft mm-hmm. and um Muter is recent ones. It doesn't look good, does it? It doesn't like. And I think he spent like and years the, on Warcraft. Like a lot the fact of that they both Warcraft and Mute suffer from genuinely the exact same problem, which is that he can't it's seem just to. Made con- up of scenes. It's literally it's just scenes and two characters who you don't know all that well have a very long-winded conversation about things that you don't understand as the audience because they're just talking as if uh, in an in this way where they assume you're keeping up mm-hmm. but not in a way that something like primer does it where you know that's the way the film is meant to be structured it just feels like duncan jones is just for like just not bothered with exposition he's like they should just know yeah Warcraft fans will get this. And I'm like, well, I'm not a fucking Warcraft fan. (laughs) I'm a a you fan. fan. Like, I like you, Duncan Jones, and I want to like your movie about orcs. But But I don't understand what's (laughs) happening. (laughs) (laughs) But he... what The problem might just be that he wrote Warcraft and he wrote Mute. He didn't write Moon and he didn't write... 
Um, so maybe he's just not a great writer. Right? Yeah. So we need to... He's someone to write for him, because he's... I guess he's... I mean, I don't think Mute was very well-directed at all. No. I didn't think it was a good It's not. It's not well-directed at all. Feel good. It's yeah. It's weird. But War, like Warcraft had some... The orc stuff in Warcraft was mm. cool. Like, really cool. Yeah. I remember watching... <clears throat> I remember the first moment I saw from Warcraft, there was a clip on YouTube of the two orcs sitting on the hill mm-hmm. talking about, uh, you know, the, the possibility that they might have to go to war with whoever they're going to war with in that movie. And uh, I watched that clip and I was like, this, I was like, this scene, I was so much more involved in this scene than I was in any of the three Hobbit movies. Yeah, because it felt because, like real and human. Yeah, even like though orcs. they're orcs, big CGI orcs, they felt like people. I was like, I can relate to, and even Warcraft, like that. that's not a good movie, but the orc stuff, like you said, is great because the orcs, the main orc, especially in that movie, is the only one who has kind of a relatable human problem, which is that he just wants to do what he can to protect his family. His family. Yeah. Whereas everybody else, their issues involve the wizard can't make the right <laughs> spell yeah. in the card. I'm like, what's happening? In the book of a blah, 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 blah. Why is Ben Foster yeah. here? Oh, what are you doing, Ben? <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe he could get away with one last film to up his career, which he doesn't write, he just directs. I don't think he's I don't think he's... He's probably not passing. No, I don't think so. He used to just like let someone else uh, write it for him. Right. Yeah. Or even if he had just given mute to some other people and been like, it did, yeah, did no one can read the script before they filmed it? Yeah. Because that's all it needed. It just well, all it needed. It really just needed. I mean, the to core concept focused. of the film is pretty flawed as well, though. Yeah. Like, it just isn't. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite review I've seen for letter uh, for mute. It was on Letterboxd. I can't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast, but it's like, um, it's like Duncan Jones. How can I make my main character more relatable to the audience? And then it's like, the sun shines in through the window. You know, I can't remember the exact words, but it's like the sun shines in through the window and it illuminates the room. And suddenly, you know, things have never been clearer to Duncan Jones. I'm not doing it justice, but it's something along the lines of that. And then it's like, Duncan Jones, make him Amish. <laughs> Your audience will be able to relate to that. No fucking problem. What convoluted way to have him... Character be mute? Yeah. Yeah, and it's just so that he doesn't get a surgery to not be mute. In, mm. in which case, just don't set it in the future, because that also doesn't add anything to the story. Yeah, mute garbage. Now. Don't watch it. <laughs> I've not seen. I've not seen Warcraft either. I so wanted to see Warcraft yeah. until people started saying it wasn't very. Good. Do you think they're going to make another one of those? No. Apparently, Are apparently they? it made a lot of money in China. Of course, yeah, it bloody did. <laughs> so, like, apart from Star Wars, yeah, <laughs> they hate Star Wars. <laughs> like, fuck this bullshit. <laughs> Give us Warcraft. <laughs> so you may you may get another Warcraft film. Maybe, maybe. Like, it's not unlikely. I feel. I think that's uh, why we're getting another Pacific Rim film. Yeah, because it made a lot of money because in of China. China. Yeah, uh, that's a whole other thing, man. What have movies become? <laughs> I was thinking recently that a lot of films that come out now are just not actually about anything. Outside. Yeah, they're just like like Mute is not about anything. Mm. I was like, thinking that when we were watching this film. About yeah, anything. I was like, uh, got to a certain point, and I was like, this this film has lost all plot and meaning. It's, it's just, just yeah. it's just it's like bumbling through. Yeah, it is just a concept. And you ever get that? There was um, it's always something that being like 
going through like film course and like student filmmakers where someone will come up with a sci-fi film and they'll start describing the sci-fi world and it'll click to you very quickly that what they're describing all they're describing to you is the sci-fi world <laughs> not and the, not a plot not a plot yeah yeah, yeah, and yeah there's a lot of that right now where it's like hey this is the world we live in and even the bad batch could maybe that could be a result of it well this is this is the world i've got because yeah. it's a vivid world it's an extremely good as you say built world building and vivid world but that might be a lot for this the, the mythology over the story mm. so i think annihilation works so well it's because they build this big sci-fi concept and this world within the shimmer but it's all building to something yeah and, it's and a, you're with the characters the yeah. whole time and and what's happening kind of reflects like what's happening to her as mm-hmm. a character mm-hmm. it's not just like it's not like they come up with a story and they're like okay now we'll just insert this character into it it's like mm-hmm. the character kind of like motivates the story and she's going into the the shimmer and annihilation because it's like a personal thing that she has to find out what happened to yeah. her husband and it's like in this movie in the bad batch the main character doesn't have a personality no, she doesn't have a backstory she doesn't have any kind of i know she spoke anything. with a funny accent yeah that's she doesn't have any kind of desire and she wore yellow shorts with a smiley face on. <laughs> yeah well that's why she waited five months she always like waiting five months around comfort for the plot to kick in <laughs> yeah like that's like that she has no, no motivation no urgency or anything yeah <sighs> that was two hours long <laughs> it certainly was what a long movie um i reckon unless anyone else has anything to say about the bad batch i think we probably uh, wrap this one up no i don't uh, why was giovanni Ribisi in that movie damn it frank from friends <laughs> was he oh he was remember friends. when you had triplets remember that plot line yep. <sighs> anyway this was a fun Bye, ep- folks <laughs> this is a fun episode i enjoyed this one thoroughly yeah this is a this is a good laugh a good hearty time. So at least we got something out of tonight. Out of the disappointment that was tonight. Yeah. Michael, if you hadn't messaged me because your work had been evacuated, it's asking what happened. I was doing, you would never have been here. We would have watched probably Annihilation and done an episode on yeah. that. But instead, I feel like we got somewhere. We broke new ground. <laughs> and with yeah. that, everyone, thank you again to Michael Kelly for coming on the show. Uh, You're welcome back anytime. When we want you for source code episode. <laughs> source code! Danny, where can people find us? Uh, they can find us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, at Second Opinion, uh, Second with a two. Uh, yes, that's where you can find us. Or they can just text Scott live I on the Scott podcast. Scott text live on the podcast. <laughs> Go on, read, it read it out. Read, read it out. out. <laughs> read it out. Read it out. It's from Rory McKinnon, and it says. Where about in America are you going? Oh. Tune in next time to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy JK Simmons, everyone. Enjoy JK Simmons.